Well, I don't know if you know this, but it's December 13th. And according to the song, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. Okay, that's what the song says. But I wonder why so many people suffer with stress. I don't mean the occasional angst that we get at this time of year, okay? I don't mean that, oh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, we were walking through the mall yesterday, and um, here's why, Here, here's why. I don't nor- normally go to the mall, okay? I don't normally go to the mall this time of year, because it's crazy, but we we got uh, a, a, a angel child, okay? And so we had to take the gifts back, and you can take them. Yesterday was the last day to take them to the place at the mall. So I said, okay, um, I'm trying to teach my 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 seven Seven-year-old, my six-year-old granddaughter. I'm trying to teach her how to give back. We 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 receive and we want to give back. We give for somebody unfortunate. So we went to the mall and we could not find a parking space. We went in and there's people everywhere, everywhere. Now I'm just you know we we did this, but I could see in my wife that it angst you know, and she's just I don't like this. I just want to get out of here. There's just too many people now. Christmas, I'm just telling you, Lubbock is alive and well. The only difference at the mall is that they had masks, okay? But there were people everywhere, everywhere. I mean, there's no six foot, they're everywhere. And I'm just going, wow. But, but for me, I just tried, we just, you know, I'm, we're just, I'm paying attention. And, you know, we're going, taking Cordy to the candy store and all the fun stops that, that she likes. And, and Nathalie was just tripping. She was just like, and I could see it. In, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? I can see it in her face. Like, like, you go, Ben, what's the point? The point is, is I'm not talking about the occasional angst. What I am talking about, guys, today is that full blown, hands down, I give up stress. That's what I'm talking about. Now, just so we're on the same page, if you're taking note, Webster defines stress as this. It's a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. So guys, it's both mental and emotional. That's that what, what, what's put on us, okay? And many people during this time of year, okay, it, they're stressed. They're stressed beyond belief, and there's such a mental strain on Christmas or emotional tension that really surrounds this whole season, Right? This is, this is, that's just what it is. And so there are people stressed. Now, remember, I just shared that story that I went to the mall. Not only was Nathalie kind of angst, but there was a lot of people that were like, no, no, listen, I get it. There were people there that were happy. They're just having a great time. They're shopping at the mall. This is their deal. That's, this is their jam. You know what I mean? They're taking their kids. And like, oh, but there was other people you could tell. It's like, look, I got to get this done. And I, you know, and you know, and you could see, you could see. But every year, guys, I know that there are times that I get stressed. And I thought, I want to share some triggers that cause us to be stressed instead of happy. There's some triggers in our life. And I want to share a story about a man, right, who had every right to feel stressed out, but he taught us just the opposite. You go, Ben, 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 I'm not sure what you mean. Well, again, we're going to chat for just a moment, but think about this. I'm going to share biblically, but he taught us the opposite. You go, okay, well, like, well, okay, so let's chat, guys. Let's do, let's do a little bit of work, okay? 
Two weeks ago, guys, we tackled the topic of loneliness, okay? Loneliness. And we discovered, here's what we learned. We learned that loneliness comes, listen to me, when we fail to develop a true connection with the God who created us. You guys tracking with me? For several reasons in our lives, we have determined, oh, this is, come on, guys, we have determined that we're not worthy of this connection. You understand what I'm saying. With loneliness, we, 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 we fail to make the connection with God, but we have determined we're not worthy of this connection, and so we go, oh, no, my past has not allowed me to connect with God the way I need to, and what happens, guys, is it trickles down to our earthly relationships, and so we feel like we, we, we're trying to navigate this. Now, what happens, the result of that is we have a lot of acquaintances but we really don't have a true, honest, intimate friendship. And it breeds loneliness. And that's why people can say, I can be in a room full of people, but I'm still lonely on the inside. And, and it's that connection. Now, again, God's going, listen, I want to connect with you like never before, but we determined, no, 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 no. I don't, I'm not worthy to connect with a holy, loving, wonderful, merciful God. I'm not, you don't know what I've done. And God's like, no, you see, the cross, that's loneliness. Loneliness. It was Mother Teresa who said this, the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved, end quote. That's what she said. Now, last week, last week, and our second point of our series is, as we thought, this time also brings so much depression. Depression. See, people are lonely, but they're also depressed. Now, we studied and we learned a valuable lesson. Well, like what, Ben? Here's where depression sort of filters in. You guys ready? When we filter life's events through human eyes and human understanding. You guys with me? This is where it comes. We filter everything that's happening to us this way. Then, guys, we, we can... We, we tend to struggle with that depression. How do I deal with this? And we talked, and here's what we learned. We learned that if we can filter life's events through the eyes of God, through how he sees it with his wisdom and his understanding, then that kind of gives us a little break. Now, here's where it's important, okay? You go, Ben, I have a question. I've done that. The, the, the events in my life, I've filtered with God. Help me, church, but I still don't understand I don't understand. This is where we get the question, why? Why did this happen? Why? What's going on? What? But here's why. Listen, listen. Here's what we need to understand. Even if we don't understand this side of heaven, we must trust that one day we will understand and know. You go, what do you mean? Well, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 in the New Living Translation that says this. Listen. Now we see things imperfectly. Notice what it says that. Like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Guys, that's a great verse to underline or to highlight. You go, why? 
Because right now you're going through life and you're trying to navigate life, all the events, all the things in your life, and you're saying, God, I want to navigate those through your eyes and your circumstances. And sometimes you still go, why? And there are times in our lives where we don't understand what's going on down here. We go, why, Lord? He's like, I, you won't know this side of heaven. But when you get to heaven, you'll go, Oh, and in God's perfect wisdom and his knowledge and how his perfect plan for your life, you'll go, oh, okay, Lord, I see it. I didn't see it on earth, but I see it. I, I see it. Now, put on your thinking caps, guys. Put on your thinking caps, because we're talking about stress. You go, what's that? Well, let me bring this story up to, up, up to life. Um, a very stressful time came for three Hebrew young men. First thing that they were stressed about is they were taken from their home in Jerusalem and over to Babylon. Now, again, think about this, okay? I'm looking at Tamri. Tamri, you're looking at me. Can you imagine someone going into your house, taking you, and, 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 and just taking you from everything you know? from Randy and your kids and your grandkids. and t That would be stress enough. Are you kidding me? What did I do? Well, that's what they did with these three Hebrew young men. They, they took them away, and so they're stressed. They took them to Babylon, and if that wasn't stressful enough, they were sentenced to die for not worshiping King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay? King Nebuchadnezzar, guys, was so furious that he made the furnace seven times hotter. What was the lesson we need to learn? What's the lesson we need to learn from these three boys? Okay, so number one, I'm taken from my house. I've lost everything. My bank account, my relationships, my family, all gone. Here I am. And now the king says, hey, you need to worship me. And if you don't worship me, you're going to die. Well, no, I can't worship you. I worship the living God. Why, church? Because we're Christians. Okay, okay. This is the lesson we need to learn. Daniel chapter 3, 16 through 18, notice. The three young men are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And here's what they said to Nebuchadnezzar. They replied, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Can I get an Amen. He will rescue us from your power. Now, amen, that's faith. I want to have that faith. No, 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 no. Listen, it goes on. Ready? Here's the one that we don't like to quote. But even if he doesn't. I love that about these young men. Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods, worship the gold statue that you have set. Uh, Pastor, your point, your attention, please. The children of Israel in a stressed out situation said, listen, we'll go into the fire furnace. God's going to save us. He's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, you see, that's a relationship with God that we all need to have. That's a relationship with God where we go, yes, he is. He is God. He is, listen, listen. And so when we go through lives down here, when we go through events, when we go through circumstances, when we go through stuff we just don't understand, we go, it doesn't matter, Lord, I trust you. And, even, and I know you're going to see me through. I know you're going to take care of this. But even if you don't, I will still serve you. 
I'll still follow you. This is my heart. This is my pledge to you. Guys, listen to me. Listen. We need to be so in love with the God that created us. We need to be so in love with him. He needs to be our best friend. He needs to be our all in all. We don't just serve God because we're afraid to go to hell. Oh, I'm afraid to hell. I'm just, okay, God, please, 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 please. We need to serve God because he is everything to us. Hey, let me ask you a question because I was thinking about this. I'm asking you the same question I asked me. How do you see God? How do you see, how do you see God? Do you see him up there with a spiritual billy club ready to knock you on the head when you do something wrong? Do you feel like he's doing something in your life that you go, oh, now here's what I said. Here's, I asked that question this morning. I'm going, God, how do I see you? God, please help me, show me. I want to feel you. Now, now let, me, let me just back up, okay? There are a lot of us who know God in the macro level. You understand. You see, you see a sunrise. Oh, God. You see a sunset. You see the stars. On a macro level, you see God. But I want to know him in a micro level. I want to feel his breath on my, I want to know him. Through the power of his Holy Spirit. I, I, I can know him. I, I, I want to know him. But some of the events in my life are really hard. They're really tough. God, I don't understand why at 18 months my mom died. I don't understand. I don't understand when I was 13 year olds, I see my sister die. I don't understand that, uh, that, that death in my family seems to reign. And so when my wife is diagnosed with cancer five years ago, I don't see God is going to heal her. You know what I see? My wife is dead. That's what I saw. And, 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 and so why? But here's what I realized. I realized, guys, now, now stay with me. I realized that the, here's what the word of God says. In him is no darkness at all. So he doesn't think like I think. God's not up there going, well, let me teach you a lesson, Ben. You know what? Watch this. I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to punish you because you need to behave. That's not God. How many of us think like that? How many of us go through our day thinking, who's going to punish me? He's going to spank me. That's not God. In him is no darkness. We have to understand the scriptures. And so again, think about this. Guys, even if God doesn't deliver us, we still love him. Because he's good and he's merciful. So even if we don't understand that all is going, God is doing in our lives, you ready? You ready? We must trust him fully. We must trust him fully. Ties in, Pastor Soph didn't even know this, but it ties in, he was praying this morning, as we always do every Sunday morning, he said this, Lord, we don't understand all that's going on in the world, but we trust that you are good. That's what he said right there. I was like, amen, that's exactly it. We don't understand everything that's going on. We don't understand in December 13th why we're still here. We don't understand in December 13th why, what's going on in the world in the elections and the courts and the, and the virus and this and this and this. and this. Why can't we just have a normal? And most of us, guys, most of us, if we're really sincere, we're thinking, man, it doesn't even feel like Christmas. This COVID thing just is like, is just like ripping us. Because they told us we can't. Can't meet. Can't, we can't, can't be together. We can't be more than six. You can't. And so, and so again, that's where stress comes in. But we got to trust him. Well, that's where it comes to today's lesson. 
And you, what is that? That's stress. Now, think about this for a moment, guys. And uh, I think Adam pointed this out to me. If we're lonely, you suffer from loneliness, there really is no medicine to help us that we can take. Okay, there's nothing that we can take to, to, to take away feeling lonely, except that we need Jesus. No, 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 no. You, you, you didn't hear me. When we feel lonely, there's nothing we can do. We really need Jesus. And I'll tell you why. Because he's the one that can fill that emptiness, and he can make that connection, which can help us again walk in true life. Well, you go, man, what if I have, and I called it seasonal depression. You know, sometimes we get this time of year, it's the most wonderful, why am I so depressed? We can take something for it. You can go to the doctor, and they'll prescribe you something. But I think we still need Jesus. Many of us have not learned to filter life's events through his eyes, but through ours. I understand that. So we know, we know loneliness, we know depression, but now we're going to talk about stress. So here's what I want you to put in your mind. Put in your mind the holiday stress and then sometimes even everyday stress, okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. If you're taking note, here's the first thing we need to do if we're stressed. You ready? Change perspective, Change perspective. You go, Ben, what do you mean? Well, I want to take a brief look at the life of Paul and the stress he had to endure in comparison to ours. Okay? You go, what do you mean? A biblical perspective is always helps us see a little bit more clearly. Okay? When you start comparing, you go, oh. (laughs) Uh, Okay? So I I want to show you. We're going to pick up our story In verse 24, let me quickly set the stage. Paul is boasting about his weakness, not his strengths, okay? And he lists several events in his life which proved that the mighty strength of God in his life. But here's what I want to do. I want you to look at from a human point of view. Paul was probably stressed out in all of these things. You go, how so? Okay, well, stress is a state of mental and emotional strain, Tension resulting from adverse and very demanding circumstances, okay? This is what happened to the Apostle Paul for simply serving the Lord Jesus. This is what happened to Paul. Let's compare him to our lives. You ready? Here's what Paul says, verse 24. He says, from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. What did that, what did Paul say? Here's what Paul said. Paul said five times he was whipped 39 lashes. Five times. Think about the stress level at that. Think about it, guys. My Jesus, my Jesus on the way to the cross got beat 39 times, 39 lashes, 40 minus one before he went to the cross. His back was shredded. The Apostle Paul said, that happened to me five times. Five times. Wow. You talk about stress. Can you imagine going to a next city and saying, hey, I'm going I'm to tell people about Jesus. And you go, man, you're, the Jews are waiting outside those, those, those brown doors to take and beat you. That would be the longest sermon I've ever preached. Say amen, Ben. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And so let me go, you know what I mean? Because he's, he's stressed because he's going to get whipped. I want you for a moment to think about Paul's back, just what it looked like for the sake of the gospel. 
But that wasn't enough. Notice what he says in verse 25. He says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and day I have been in the deep. Guys, think about what he just said. Three times I was beaten. So, so it wasn't enough to get, to get beaten with a cat of nine tails. He says, they took a rod and, and they beat me. Three times. To be beaten with rods, guys, translates the Greek verb um, rabdizo. It's only found twice in the Bible, but it means to hit with a long, stiff stick. That's what it means. Like a branch or a tree limb. I mean, they, they did that. Wow. The Roman soldier... Okay, because the verb is written in a passive voice. The Roman soldier delivered the whipping, a man trained how to, get this, most intensely inflict pain. It wasn't just somebody going, come here, you know? Like, like you get two boys in a room and you give them sticks, guess what they're going to do? They're automatically swords. You guys know that, right? No matter what. I mean, it's like, come on, that's what boys do. I don't know if gr- girls don't think that way at all. Boys, they just end up beating each other with sticks. But think about what Paul just said. Paul says, man, listen, let me just tell you. You want to talk about stress? I was beaten. What were you beaten? Three times. Three times. He says, one time I was almost stoned to death. And you guys know what he's talking about, right? I mean, think about this. It's when, this is, this is what stoning is. They walk you to an edge of a cliff, blindfolded. They push you off the cliff, hoping you'll die from the fall. And then they take stones and they throw them at you. That's what it means to be stoned. He says, I, I was stoned. Wow. Now, that, listen, preaching the gospel would stress me out because it's like, what, what's going to happen? He says, oh, by the way, in my travels, three times I was shipwrecked. You know what I would say? Paul, don't get on a ship anymore. <laughs> don't get on a ship, right? Paul, we need you over here. Where? Huh. We have to take a ship. Oh, great. Adam, let me, let me your life preserver because I know I'm going in the water. This is not going to end up good. You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, he's saying this too. And again, think about this. Three times I was shipwrecked. How many of you would go, Paul, you're struggling from bad luck, dude. You are. You, you know what? Can you imagine? Can you imagine, Alex? You, Paul comes to you. The apostle Paul comes to you and says, Alex, you want to you wanna travel with me and be a missionary? And Paul's like, uh, Alex is like, uh, <laughs> Mandy won't let me. Sorry. Because what, what are you going to endure? I mean, think about this. Then look at verse 26. He says, in journeys, often in perils of water, perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils of the wilderness, in perils of the sea, in perils among false brethren. This is what he said. He said, so so as I journeyed through life, he said, I faced danger from, guess what, rivers, robbers, my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. And you know what, guys? He says, I face danger in the cities where I go, in the deserts and in the seas. 
I face dangers from men. And this is the one that really got me. He says, I face danger from the men who claim to believers but are not. Wow. He says, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often and hunger and thirst and fastings often and cold and nakedness. I mean, think about this, guys. Besides this, no, not after all of this, here's what he says. What comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Okay? So that whole phrase, my deep concern, lets me know that Paul was stressed about the church. It was so important. It's so important. Because you don't understand the shepherd's heart for the church. It's not every week, oh, Pastor Ben gets behind the pulpit and he delivers a message and, all right, amen, and we drop a little bit of money and next week we'll do the same thing. Right here is the concern for the sheep. And that they're getting fed the word of God. And that they're growing. Because here's what I know. I know if the devil isn't going to attack me, he's going to attack you. And so I need to provide you with the solid foundation so that you can live victoriously. But sometimes that's not all the case when you hear about your sheep being eaten by wolves. In our little church, guys, I have seen so many people I've seen so many people, breaks my heart. I've been so stressed about people who I can see the enemy attacking and they'll walk away from God. And as the shepherd, I'm like, I can't, it's stressful. Stressful. Now, listen, this is Paul. Okay? When, when we come to the holiday season and we go, I feel a little stressed. I mean, compared to Paul, I mean, we're just like, well, never mind, right? Because I don't think we can compare our lives to Paul's life. Because if we do, we really have nothing to be stressed about. I mean, think about your stress. Think about, think about your little stresses. Well, there's a lot of people at the mall. That's what you're stressed about. Well, you know, my boss is just being a jerk. I mean, compared to that, right? When was the last time, Mel, you were beaten three times with rods? Right? Can you imagine? What does Mel do? Mel, I, I, I work, I play a little bit of guitar at the church, and I, uh, I, I do sound. Come here! That doesn't happen. So I get it. But I also understand because it happens to me that we still get stressed out during this season, right? What should be the greatest season of the year, which should bring us joy and warm and warm our hearts, instead brings us stress, heartburn, heartaches, and depression. And sometimes the stress associated with the Christmas holidays often makes what should be the most wonderful season makes the year sort of a miserable mess. In fact, 
if we're honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a few of you said you were actually dreading instead of looking forward to the next 12 days leading up to Christmas. <sighs> you go, what do you mean? Well, let's, let's talk practical, okay? What are some things that stress us out right now this time of year? Finances. If we're honest, nobody of us has saved, right? Very few have saved all year long to be able to go, okay, now I have enough money to buy Christmas presents. We sort of go into this and we go, oh, <laughs> it's December. What are we going to do? And, and, and a lot of people go into debt, guys, every December stressed out. They're like, I don't have the money. So what do we do? We use plastic. Oh, I, I just pay out throughout the year. And hopefully, in the next 9 to 12, 9 to 11 months, you pay off your Christmas only to what? To do it again. So am I right when I say finances stress us out? That's right. What else? Shopping. Okay, let's be honest. How many of you like Christmas shopping? Say, (laughs) one person. Shopping. Christmas. You like it? Jennifer, that was a no. That was not you. Okay, Jennifer, I thought there was two. Just No. So shopping stresses us out. I'll tell you why. Because we don't know what to buy people. This is the majority of your shopping. Do you think they'll like this? I don't know if they'll like this. Maybe, uh, what if I buy it? They don't like it. Well, then maybe I could just buy I don't know, and you just leave. Shopping. Uh, come on, help me out here, guys. No, that stresses me out. Okay? I always tell, but I ask, ask my daughter, tell me what you want, I'll go buy it right now. I'd rather, I'd rather know what you want, get you what you want. I don't care what it is, but that's so much easier than me sitting at the, at the store like this. Do you think she'll like this? I don't know. Is this bad? What size? I don't know. What do you Because we play a guessing game. What do, you, what, do we, what do we like? That's why gift cards came to be, right? Gift cards, here, buy what you want. But if you're anybody a gifter in here, I know I know some gifters. You have you, that's your love language. You love gift giving, and here's the thing: you love it when it's when it, somebody's taken the time to think about you in a gift. It's not just a card because you go, oh, well, that was easy. You went to the you went to the Walmart, bought a card. There I go. Okay, another thing that stresses out. Let's be honest: family, right? Family, oh, because you always have that one uncle. <laughs> you always have that one guy, oh, he's going to bring, he's going to, I know it, he's going to, he's, and, and, and sometimes getting family, and then this year they, they just, it's so much stress, you're just like, <sighs> now, most of us, man, we're just like family, we want, we want to have family, but there's always that one that kind of stresses us out a little bit. And I hope uncle so-and-so doesn't come because <sighs> he always comes with his baggage and, <sighs> And then we end up fighting, or my sister. You guys know what I'm talking about, okay? And then, and then again, I, I mentioned this, but I put perfect presents. We always want to find the perfect present, and there's no such thing. I want the perfect present. Now, if y'all want to buy me a present, okay. If y'all want to buy me presents, it's okay. Coming up, okay? I always say that this time of year, and nobody ever buys me it, I'm just saying. Jot this down. Guys, the stress that plagues us this time of year are rooted in three basic sources. You ready? Time, money, and emotions. Those are the ones, the main thing. And and again, I want to give you triggers so you can kind of go, oh, time, right? Why? Because we're trying to get everything done. Money, because we have to pay for it. 
And of course, emotions, uh, sometimes even getting with family brings up painful, uh, past painful memories that resurface. Oh, oh, oh. So let me do this. Let me introduce you to another person suffering from stress. It's not Christmas stress, but you can kind of add that in. You know who it was? It's Martha. Do you guys remember Martha? Y'all remember her story. Look at Luke chapter 10. You can look it up on the screen. Picking it up in verse 38, notice what happens. Now, as they went, right, that Jesus entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed her to her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So Jesus is coming to town. Eva, he's coming to your house. Jesus is coming to your house, right? Martha's like, ah! Mary's like, all right, all right? We all have that, right? We all have that. Now, yesterday I texted a friend of mine, and, and I said, hey, you up for a visit? Okay. Now, they live out of town. I wasn't there. And he texts me back, and he's like, are you guys here? And you could tell the tone, right? And he was like, and I said, no, I was, I'm talking later on, you know, later on in the year. And he's like, oh, my wife was freaking out, right? You guys know that, that where you're at home in your pajamas and you get the knock on the door? Hey, oh, Jesus is coming to your house. Jesus is coming. Right? So what happens? Well, notice. And guess what? So Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried. And what's that word? Troubled. You are stressed about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will be not taken away from her. Now, all my A-type personality gals in here are going, Jesus, come to my house. I got to make sure it's, it's got to be perfect. Okay? And even though he said, listen, you need to, sit, you need to take time and sit at, at Jesus' feet, you're going, well, who's going to do it? What's going to happen? We got to have a meal. We got to do this. <laughs> no, but here, here's, here's what I want you to say. See, Martha understood what stress was. Why? Because she's rushing around and she's trying to make the perfect meal for the Lord. I guess I would too if God was coming to my house. Okay? God's coming to your house. What are you going to do? I don't know. We got some bologna in there. I don't know. We'll make some sandwiches, I guess. I guess. Didn't you buy some old chips? We got some chips too. Yeah, I think we're okay. Okay. Hey, uh, pick up some, uh, pick up, yeah, Jesus coming. I think he's got the gang. Pick up some um, sodas on the way. Yeah, we're good. We would never do that. We would never do that. This is what she's stressed about, guys. She's stressed. Now, I want you to tie this into what's going on in your life Christmas. We're trying to make it so perfect that we're missing the point. Why? Because Christmas is about Jesus. You know what Jesus would say? Jennifer, you know what Jesus would say? Bologna sandwiches are fine. Those are great. 
Yeah, but Lord, I thought you would want, I was going to put on a roast and I was going to put little potatoes. You know, little potatoes are the little cute potatoes and, and some carrots and stuff. Lord, that would have been, that would have been good. And, and, I would have, and, and, and then maybe we'd have had some salad and some, but it, and the Lord's like, no, no, you're missing the point. All that's fine. But if it's stressing you out, then you're missing the point with me. This is, guys, you understand. You understand that. See, Martha, she represents every person who is so worked up about getting everything done that needs to be done so that others can enjoy Christmas. That's who Martha is. But, but she goes, he goes, Martha, Martha, dude, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. So, Christmas. Christmas, you ready? It's about Jesus. Okay, okay, don't stress yourself. Well, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Okay, because we don't celebrate a date, we celebrate a person. So, celebrate now. But it's not going to be the perfect Christmas. It's not. I, listen, my daughter's looking at me like, ah, practice what you preach, buddy. I know that because I had to learn the hard way. I had to learn, man. I, this, this stuff, I mean, this, I, ugh. I mean, this is, I'm seriously, I used to be so stressed out because I wanted, I wanted to get the perfect thing and, 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 and presents really tripped me out because I, I want them to have presents and, 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 and I had to realize, stop. You can't just put the brakes, guys. You can't, because you'll go flying. I had to slowly, through the years, go, okay, okay, okay. You know what I learned? Christmas is about y'all. Just spending time with you, getting to know you, enjoying. Because think about this, okay? Two weeks from today, it'll be over. Three weeks from today, we'll be in the new year. So why am I stressed out about it? Why am I stressed out? I wonder if some of the characteristics that Martha had, we struggle with. Let me give them to you really quick, okay? I wonder, because I think Martha, she planned, she planned her day unrealistically. Jesus is coming, I've got to make every. Do you ever do that? Do you ever plan your day unrealistically? I'm going to try to get this, I'm going to try to get this, I'm going to try to get this, I've got to, stop it. Plan, plan what's realistic. What can I do? Uh, I think another characteristic is we're always in a hurry. We're always in a hurry. I think there's a country song that would say, I'm always in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush and I don't know why. And it really, that just resonates, right? Because we're always in a hurry to get things done. You know what Martha doesn't do? She didn't make no plans for relaxation. No plans. She didn't say, okay, we're going to do this until this time, and then we're going to rest. We're going to rest. And, and I'm looking at young folks here because I know I was there. Boom, 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 boom. But, but we got to take some time to go, okay, just, we're, we're just going to take an hour and have coffee. Right, Yvonne? Got to have coffee. Yes. Coffee break. But, but she, she didn't plan it into it. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you feel guilty about doing anything other than that work? We feel guilty, right? Ah. Oh. Oh. Now, let me ask you this. How many of us seize 
unforeseen problems as a setback or a disaster. That's what a lot of the Martha, like, oh, are you kidding me? Can you imagine? Picture the scenario. The Bible doesn't say this, so I'm going to stand over here for my opinion. Can you imagine if Martha had planned that day to go home and just rest and have a, a great afternoon, and all of a sudden Mary's like, Jesus is coming, and she's like, oh, are you kidding me? I love Jesus, but he brings all those guys. Peter smells like fish. I mean, come on. They're in my house. But, but, but the point is, how many of us see things not as an opportunity, but as a setback to what you had planned already during the day. And you know what I'm talking about, right? It's that knock on the door. Oh, no, 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 no. I, you don't understand. I was going to do this. I was going to do this. I don't have time for, yeah, you know. Mary was always thinking about several things when working. Just like some of you are planning your week's itinerary while listening or look like you're paying attention to this message. So you're already thinking about what you have to do next week. So what can we do? What can we do? Well, let me give you some insight to things to apply we can overcome the holidays, okay? These are some really good things, okay? And I've already mentioned it early, but let's just go through them, right? Number one, these are some really good things, okay? You're going, Ben, I'm stressed out. I understand. I'm not like Paul. Nobody's beating me. Nobody's whipping me for the gospel. It's just season. It's just stuff. How, how can you help me? You ready? Number one, get the right perspective. Get the right perspective, okay? Martha needed the right perspective. We need that. You go, what do you mean? Okay, ready? Here it is. It's okay to acknowledge your feelings. To share to be able to simply tell someone you have stress or anxiety. That's what Martha did. She went to Jesus and said, Jesus, don't you care? She expressed her feelings. It's okay. It's okay to tell somebody, go, man, man, I am, I am, I'm, I'm just stressed. It's okay to cry and express your feelings. Listen, you can't force yourself to be happy. See, Martha did this, and Paul actually did this. You go, when did Paul did this? He did this when he penned his feelings about stress and anxiety. It's okay. Get the right perspective. It's all right. How are you feeling? A little bit stressed? It's not the end of the world. I'll be all right. Really? Do you want to share? Oh, absolutely. Number two, during this season, or any time, make sure you reach out. You go, what do you mean? You need to seek out family or friends and share with them. Because our tendency is to isolate. Our tendency is to go, hmm. You see, Emil, we're not supposed to be, we're not, we're not supposed to be stressed. We're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to have it all together. We're supposed to walk. It's Christmas. It's the most wonderful time. No, no, no. It's, it's okay to just say, hey, you know what? I guarantee you that if you're stressed out about holiday gatherings, talk to your family. They're going, oh, don't stress about that. It's not a big deal. But we think it is. And in a strange way, Martha did reach out to Jesus, didn't she? She told on her sister, but she's like, look, tell her to help me. I don't know why I have to do everything. Okay, number three. This is some helpful, helpful stuff, practical stuff about stress. Set realistic expectations. Okay, um, the holidays don't have to be perfect or the ones that you used to know in the past. As families change and grow, 
Traditions often change. So what am I supposed to do? You ready? Hold on to the old ones while creating new ones. Things change. Things, families grow, and it's like, oh, well, we're not doing it this again. Well, I want to do it this Set realistic expectation. Think about this. Martha was distracted by all the preparations she had that had to be made, but the one thing that was needed, well, only one thing that was needed. Mary had chosen what is better. What Martha had chosen was not bad, okay, because there still had to be served. There had to be served. But all the things that she was doing was doing good, but all, all the things she was doing was necessary. It was good, but is it necessary? It's necessary. Number four, try to set aside differences. If families are stressing you, we need to hear. Here's what we need to do. Ready? Be super understanding to those around us. And I'll tell you why. We have no idea what others are going through. And the people, guys, this time of year, they tend to put on a mask so that no one can see their hurt. But on the other hand, boundaries are a good idea when entering the holiday season. Are they not? If there's family in your life that comes and they really, and they really stress you out, it's, it's, it's okay to put a boundary. Hey, okay. You know? Boundaries are okay. Sometimes we just, that's what stresses us out. Number five, um, a little more practical, let me just say this, a little more practical, set a budget and stick to it. Set a budget and stick to it. Before you go gift or food shopping, decide how much money you can afford to spend and stick to that budget. Okay? Listen closely to this. Don't try to buy happiness with an avalanche of gifts. Stick to a budget. We're gonna, this is how much we can spend and... You getting nuts down? Number six, practical, practical stuff. You ready? Learn to say no. Saying yes when you should say no can leave you feeling resentful and overwhelmed. People will understand if you cannot participate in every event or every gathering. It's okay. I have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. Pastor, Yeah, that's not going to work for me today. God bless you. I love to be with y'all everywhere, doing every, you know all of this stuff, um, but but we we have to, we have to, we should learn to say no. That's not that's just not going to work. Number seven, practical. Place your faith and hope in Jesus. Why? Because Christmas is such a spiritual thing for some, but for others, it reminds them that there is something that they're missing. Christmas at times only reminds people of their spiritual emptiness. So we should purpose from today on that Christmas is about Jesus and he brings hope. You go, well, like what? What's some practical things we can do to share the love of Jesus? Buy somebody a meal. If you go grocery shopping, get a few extra stuff for a single mom. 
Let's, let's really be the hands and feet of Jesus because, again, listen, when I do that, it takes the eyes off of me. I've given you practical stuff, but really, the thing that has helped me this time of year is that it, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. What do you get the person that has everything? What do you buy them? You know, you, I look at my wife and I'm going, what? So maybe together we could do something that will glorify God. Instead of me and Nathalie buying each other presents, and I know a lot of you do this, I know, Tamara, you did. You take that and you go, let's see, who can we bless? Who can we share with? Who can we share? Let's do something different this year. Let me tell you why. Because this year is unique like no other year, right? And I'll tell you why, real quick. Because when all of this started in March, we had no idea come December we'd still be struggling with COVID and that people would be sick and that, and that states would be shut down and that economy would be, would, would be just floundering all of that stuff. So here's what's on my heart. There are people out there who are struggling for Christmas. And how cool would it be if you said, hey, here's a hundred bucks so you could buy your kids toys. I know that you hadn't worked. I know that, you know, or, or, or this, or this. You, you, you might say, let's support small businesses. They're the ones that really need us this time of year. Something that we could do. Maybe you know a single mom. Maybe you just, whatever it might be. That's what we need to do, guys. Keep Jesus at the forefront. Keep Jesus at the forefront. And if you're struggling, those of you watching online or any of you here, to make ends meet with kids. Come see me, and I'll tell you why. Because the church is here to give, not to get. And we want to make sure that everybody has food and everybody has an awesome Christmas because he is the reason for the season. So I want to close because i got to give time for the worship team to come on up. I know this can be a stressful time. But remember this, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, does it? It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know why? Because Jesus is on the throne. That's why you're in church, to come and worship the King of kings, the Lord of lords. All we have to do is just remember some practical, okay, Lord, it doesn't have to be this. Here's some practical stuff. We don't celebrate a day. We celebrate a person. What more can we add to Christmas? Here's what Corrie ten Boom said, and I'll leave you guys with this. Corrie ten Boom, you guys know her, she says, Who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world. The perfect gift it is he gave his only son. The only requirement is to believe in him. The reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life, end quote. That's what Christmas is about. So the stress, eh. Is there going to be people at Walmart? Yeah. 
Is the ball, ball going to be crazy? Yeah. Are you going to find the perfect gift? No. Is it going to be a good Christmas? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we're going we're gonna to relish the relationships that we have. That's more important. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word today and God, truth and just learning from Martha and Paul and Lord Mary and, and Lord you and how awesome it is. And my prayer, God, is that that little stress, God, that just that ruins holidays for us, Lord, that just, Lord, just takes the, the fun out of Christmas, Lord, that we would just confess it as sin and say, Lord, it's going to be what it's going to be. And we trust you. And Father, whether it's a, it's a gift from Walmart or a homemade gift, God, I just pray, Lord, that, that we would recognize that you are the true gift. And so, Lord, even today, on December 13th, that we celebrate you. You are our God. You are our King. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, I never want to leave an opportunity for anyone to surrender their life to Jesus. And so maybe you're watching online and you've clicked on and, and you're just going, wow, that was, that was pretty interesting. But maybe you realize that you don't have a relationship with the God that created you. And, and I'm telling you right now, all you have to do is surrender your life to him. All you have to do is open up your heart and say, Jesus, come inside. I, I believe in you and I'm going to follow you. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. I turn away. I'm going to follow you forever. Father, I know you on a macro level, but I want to know you on a micro level. I want to know you so intimate, God. I just thank you. Because one day, Lord, I truly want to sing. It's the most wonderful time. Not because of presence, but because of your presence in my life. So we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.